today, guys. We're back here live in the studio for an episode of Hot Takes with CP3. I'm your host, Thomas Penland, on Monday, February 8th, 2021. It is Monday after the Super Bowl. I am joined once again by Ben Goywitz. Ben, say what's up to the people. Welcome to Overreaction Monday, everyone. Yep, it's time to overreact to what we saw yesterday. Before we get into it, Ben, what did you do for the game yesterday? Besides try not to fall asleep. <laughs> Nothing much. Uh, just had a just had a buddy or two over to my place. Um, just watched it with my roommates. Just ordered some wings and uh, made some side dishes and uh, just kind of watched the game. Nothing too exciting. Yeah, I was about the same thing as you. Had my roommates had like five or six other friends over. You know, not like too, not to the point where it was too crazy, but you know, just enough to make a little noise in the living room. Watch the game. Had a few beers. Had some wings, pizza. Definitely said that was the best part of the game was company and food rather than what we actually saw on the field. Um, first off, not not great for the prop bets and everything. Hey, like I said, whenever the coin toss always determines it for me. Every single year I've gotten that coin toss right. The prop bets in the game gone pretty well for me. Unfortunately, I had tails and it was heads. Started off down on a downhill spiral for me. Um, ben, what, what did you what, give me your overall thoughts of the game? Uh, so I went two and three on my prop bets. So not great, but not too bad. Um, overall thoughts on the game is, I mean, the Bucks defense just murdered the Chiefs offensive line all night. And we knew this was a storyline coming in. Uh, mm-hmm. The Chiefs tackles, left tackle, right tackle, they were out, both backups playing. Listen, we, you and I have watched enough football. The people um, you know, that have watched football the majority of their lives, they know how important the tackles are are to a quarterback. I mean, if, if anyone has ever seen the blind side, the opening scene, they tell you that the left tackle is the second highest paid position on average on a football team. Well, they're pretty darn important. And Mahomes ran for his life all game long. I mean, I think I saw a stat that he ran for over 400 yards before passes were even thrown in that game or something like that. It was the most ever uh, in Super Bowl history. You know, the Chiefs played a sloppy game to begin with, but I don't even want to go down that road because the Bucks earned this victory. They had a great defensive plan. Todd Bowles was able to pressure uh, Patrick Mahomes all game long, yeah. made it very difficult for him. The Chiefs helped the Buccaneers' defense out by dropping some passes. I mean, Brady played great. Uh, Brady played mistake-free football. He plays like he usually does in big games. He, he plays unbelievable. And you know what? His... There's something about getting a guy like Brady on your team that he just changes everyone's mindset. He, he changes the entire vibe, the personality of the team. Um, the win factor just goes way up. And, you know, Leonard Fournette in a post-game interview said Brady was texting the guys all week saying, we will win this game. I, I don't think that's something Jameis Winston would ever do. And I'm only, <laughs> no. I'm only saying Winston for this case because he was just the quarterback before the Bucks. And, all, and they had, you know, Mike Evans was still on this team. I, yeah. Mike Evans has already said he's willing to take a pay cut to to re-sign a lot of these guys and get the team back together. I, I don't think that's the case unless Brady's there, to be honest with you. I think he wants – I think while Brady's his quarterback, I think Mike Evans knows they have a very good chance to win it, and he's willing to get paid less for Super Bowl ranks. And that's a tremendous attitude. Brady's done that his whole career. So the the Brady impact is just it's second to none. He he's the goat of goats. Um, I, I think the the argument, the debate is it, it's put on the back burner for a long time now between Brady and Mahomes. Um, even if Mahomes wins it next year, he's 
Brady has seven Super Bowls. So until Mahomes gets at least five, I don't think the conversation's worth sparking. And that that's pretty much it. I mean, they dominated from from the from the coin toss on. Yeah, I'd say you pretty much hit the nail on the head. I mean, Todd Bowles. I mean, this this will, when Todd Bowles looks back on his career, this might be the greatest game that he ever coached up. I mean, don't get me wrong. Kansas City was down two tackles, which was definitely a tough blow for him. But then again, at the same time, you can't take away from what Tampa Bay did on the field. Um, I thought Devin White, honestly, might have played one of the best games I've seen. I mean, don't get me wrong, Travis Kelsey still had a bunch of catches, but it felt like when Travis Kelsey, they needed him the most, Devin White was coming up and slamming into him, knocking that ball out of his hands or knocking the ball down. I mean, it felt like he flew around and made plays all over the field. Shaq Barrett was taking advantage, too, of... um, of the tackles being out. I think it was you who said that that is the same uh, tackle that they had at right tackle who got destroyed in that uh, Denver Carolina Super Bowl by um, Vaughn Miller. He got absolutely just abused in the game. It felt like that Mahomes, once he realized that he couldn't really sit back there in the pocket anymore and threw the ball, was kind of running around for his life trying to make plays happen. I mean, some of those throwaways he made were insane. Like the one where he's falling to the ground, the one even when he just kind of just threw it up in the back of the end zone, Pringle almost came down with it and uh, lost my Byron Pringle under. It's kind of funny. Brian Pringle got a catch on the first play of the game. I had him under one and a half receptions. Somehow he didn't make one the rest of the game. I mean, that was a sweaty one for me right there. But, um... Yeah, you know, overall, Brady and Brady and Tampa Bay, you know, if you find it funny, it was, the, it was the vintage Brady and Gronk game. I feel like this game kind of cemented Gronk. I mean, it's tough to say there's really any tight end better than Gronk. Yeah, Tony Gonzalez, and uh, I believe that Antonio Gates are going to have better stats than him. But Gronk, what he did to translate over to winning was crazy. I mean, if Gronk didn't get shoestring tackled on that one play, he might have had three touchdowns in this game. That's how good he played. I mean, it felt... I was I disagreed with some of those pass interference calls Tampa Bay got, and I really feel like you know at the end of the day, it is what it is. You know you got to live with it, and you can't blame the game on the refs. I don't think I mean def- Tampa Bay definitely got some lucky calls, but I mean Kansas City shot themselves in the foot jumping off sides on that third down, that timeout right before I guess when there was like a minute left, and and uh, Tampa Bay ended up getting that first down that really saved them. Andy Reid definitely messed up there, but it felt like that touchdown before halftime really was the nail in the coffin. When they got that touchdown before halftime, I was like, shoot, it's not looking too good. You know, if Ronald Jones didn't get stopped on the goal line, this game could have been a lot uglier than it really was, but Tampa Bay came out and dominated and punched him in the mouth. Kansas City couldn't take advantage early of the stops they got. Yeah, I mean, the the offside, I think it was on the field goal on the fourth mm-hmm. down. I don't know if it was on me. They didn't call it on Nicole Hardman, but Tony Romo thought it was on Nicole. I don't know if it was on Nicole or maybe it was Pringle on the other side. That's just an inexcusable penalty. Can't I mean, that. you know, I mean, you on fourth down, you have to know what downage. If it's fourth and five or under, give up. Three, like, okay, go for it. You can go for it. Don't run into the kicker. Don't go off sides. Don't do anything that gives them an automatic first down. You have to know what penalties can give you an automatic first down. If it's fourth and five, well, guess what? An offside's five yards. First down, Tom Brady. So, it, it, you know, he, he's not going to squander second chance opportunities very often. And, you know, I, there was a lot of – I mean, more people complained about the refs. This call shouldn't have been made. That call should have been made on Twitter. There was more – there were more people tweeting about the refs than the actual game. It, it, it didn't matter. The Chiefs didn't score a single touchdown. You are not winning a football game. If you don't score a single touchdown, that is just the odds are not in your favor. So I mean, I don't I don't even care to talk about the refs because 
to me, it had no impact on the final result. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was shocked that I'm not shocked that Tampa Bay won. You should never be shocked Same. if Tom Brady w- wins a big game or wins a game in general. He's the best at doing it. But I was shocked that the Chiefs couldn't do anything. I mean, couldn't yeah. do anything. And I know that, you know, w- you know, you and I have referenced that he- Mahomes was running for his life. A lot of that might have to do with the tackles being out. But, I mean, they have so many weapons. Their play calling was has been so good since Mahomes has become the starting quarterback that uh, it's not even fair to put all the blame on the tackles. Mm-hmm. Like, they're backups for a reason. They, I mean, I wasn't expecting them to give up that many sacks or that many hurries, but they did. And it seemed like the Chiefs never – I, maybe they did adjust, but like they didn't get anything going. I mean, I like the fact that you brought up Devin White. There was a play that I was just telling you about before we started recording, and there was a screen pass to the left where the, I believe the left guard was the lead blocker on the play. He was um, um, coming from his position on the line to the left, leading the block for the receiver. And, and Devin White, who was the linebacker, uh, in the middle of the field, beat the lineman to the spot and made the tackle as soon as the wide receiver made the catch. I mean, it was just ridiculous that the Chiefs couldn't get anything going. Got to give a lot of credit to the Bucks defense. They made it really uncomfortable for Mahomes. But in terms of, you know, what do we, what does this game do in terms of the future? I mean, it, it, it means Patrick Mahomes didn't win another Super Bowl before he's 24 or however old he is. He's, I would be shocked if Patrick Mahomes does not if he if he does not reach another Super Bowl in his for the rest of his career. I mean, I'd be shocked. So hey, he could end up like Aaron Rodgers, one and done. He could, he could, and it, it obviously de- it, it depends on the rest of his team. I mean, it's never one guy. Brady's seven Super Bowls. He'll be the first guy to admit you he wouldn't have seven if it wasn't for the rest of his teammates. So mm-hmm. um, it, it's never one guy, no matter how talented you are. But I I would still be shocked if the Chiefs. Don't get back with Mahomes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I even saw people tweeting last night. They're like, oh, Brady's defense did all that for him. I mean, is that really Brady's fault? You know, like, no one makes it to the Super Bowl without a defense. It just doesn't happen like that. I mean, it's not like Kansas City's defense chop liver anyway. But, yeah, you I know, wouldn't overall, even say that. I wouldn't even say that that's true, though. Brady put up 21 for 29, 200 yards, three touchdowns, no turnovers, had a passer rating of 125.8. I got, what else would you like for him to do? I'm pretty sure he had two incompletions at the half, too. Like, Tom Brady was absolutely balling out in this game. And one of his incompletions, too, was on, like, a third down where he just threw the ball all the way. Like, Brady pretty much played a perfect game. Hey, we almost hit that interception prop then. I was starting to type in the tweet of that we hit it, and then they called it back on Tyron Matthew. I mean, Kansas City, though, really, I mean, they they just looked out of sync. Like, they did not look right. Like, I, I really think Tampa Bay just punched him in the mouth. You know, that's the Tom Brady effect, though. Tom Brady comes down to Tampa Bay. They go from the 7-9, and 30-INT James Winston team to the Super Bowl winning team. And, you know, it's kind of crazy. Like, me and you said last podcast or the podcast or reaction podcast, the NFC Championship game, Tampa Bay never really felt like this juggernaut until, like, it literally until they won the Super Bowl and shut down Kansas City, you know? Like, you look down at their losses they had all season long. They lost to um, – they or they beat Green Bay, so they, they lost to um, New Orleans twice. They lost to Kansas City. They lost to um, – shoot, why am I drawing a blank on their other two? I can't think of their other two losses off the top of my head, but they didn't I got it. it. I got it for you. They lost to New Orleans, Chicago, New Orleans again, the Rams, and Kansas City. Yeah, so, I mean – 
every single one of those losses, you know, you can. I don't think I don't think any one of those is a bad loss except for really the Bears. But I mean, even the still, Bears had a great a playoff defense. team. Yeah, the Bears but, had a great defense. Yeah, exactly. They only lost to playoff teams. You know, that was still earlier in the season when they were trying to figure things out on a short week. You know, so realistically, this Tampa Bay team, man, they had a hell of a team. I mean, you think back on this team, you get Gronkowski, you get, I mean, Antonio Brown was their third receiver. I mean, Scotty Miller was their receiver for a while. It's kind of crazy they got, like, everybody to buy into what they were doing, you know? Like, Mike Evans and Godwin, like, I think Godwin had two catches for, like, 13 yards in the Super Bowl. Evans had one catch, you know? Like, you don't get guys like this to buy in. I mean, you had freaking Cameron Brait, you lose O.J. Howard. I mean, this Tampa Bay team was so stacked. It almost never works when you pool together the talent like they did in town in Tampa Bay. You know, I think back on like the Eagles trying to build the dream team where it never worked out for them. This Tampa Bay team, it all worked out and everyone bought in because they had that defense and that's what ended up mattering for them. But, you know, hats off to Tom Brady and what he brings to the table. I mean, he, he squashed the bug that he's the system player and then it's all Belichick. I mean, it's just as much Brady as it was Belichick throughout. I mean, Tampa, got Tampa Bay, Tom, it's... Tom. Tom Brady now has more Super Bowls than all 32 franchises. Yeah, I mean, the kind of the topic I want—I feel like we need to discuss is, you know, Ben, I'll, I want to hear your opinion on it. I don't think Patrick Mahomes now can ever be better than Tom Brady after Tom Brady beat him at 43. What do you think? It's a very unlikely scenario, but if, if he matched him in, in Super Bowls or beat him in Super Bowls that had more MVPs, then I, I would say that's the only reason. Like, But... I mean, he's he's 0-2 against Brady, so one's in a Super Bowl, one's in an AFC Championship game, if I if I remember correctly. Yep. Um, so he's always going to have that on his resume, unless they meet up again next year. Tom made it very clear that he is coming back next year. I I, I mean, he was he's under contract for next year too, so there's there's not many details that need to get worked out. But, I mean, back to what you were just saying, I mean, it, it all came together. The glue guy, it, it, but it's Tom Brady. I mean, there's Gronk is mm-hmm. retired if Tom Brady doesn't make the call and say he wants Gronk back. Gronk is not playing football. He was retired, right? Antonio Brown, who has been a head case for a large part of his career, when he came to Tampa Bay, he lived with Tom Brady. I think you said that on a podcast one time. Mm-hmm. So what does that do? Well, that certainly makes it easier to keep him in check. Wherever Brady goes, that's where AB's going. So, I mean, listen, AB did it. AB scored a touchdown in this game, a big touchdown in this game. So, well, maybe not big because the game was never close. But um, it, it's just crazy. All the guys that scored touchdowns for the Bucks in this game are not are guys that may not be on the Bucks if Tom Brady's not there, right? So Tom Brady threw three touchdowns. One was Antonio Brown. One was Gronkowski. Like I just said, Antonio Brown was a free agent on the – commissioner suspension list when the Bucks signed him mm-hmm. and Gronk was retired when the Bucks signed him and then Leonard Fournette had the other touchdown I, I don't know if he would be in Tampa Bay if, if if Tom wasn't there I have no idea I can't can't go back in the past and, and tell you what Fournette was thinking I just know that when he came there he mentioned that when Tom Brady signed he wanted to go play for a winning football team well, that's the winningest football team in the 2020-2021 season. 
Yeah, and you know, I'm glad you brought up Fournette because I completely forgot to talk about him. Tampa Bay did exactly what we said they needed to do if they were going to win the game. We both said we need to see playoff Lenny touching the ball. I believe he had he had 12 plus carries. He caught the ball some. I mean, Fournette absolutely balled out in this game. You know, he he was a big part of what they did off play action. Brady was 10 for 12 uh, passing the ball. So you know, Fournette got the got it done on the ground. And you know, Fournette honestly really didn't get enough credit for him coming over to this game. I'm glad you brought him up and kind of centered in on him there but yeah you know overall this Buccaneers team stacked I mean I think it's gonna be tough to ever say that anybody's better than a 43 year old Tom Brady who just won the Super Bowl and you know just the swagger and demeanor that he that he brings to the table I'm glad though you know Ben we're blessed honestly the fact that we've gotten to watch Brady and LeBron both play through their series I mean we've watched probably two of the top five best athletes that are ever gonna play sports play and we got Tiger Woods so there's three of them right there that we got to watch in our lifetime so we're truly blessed as sports fans. From the flip side of things for Kansas City, um, it's going to get a little trickier for them with the cap. I don't know the specifics. They did lock up Christian Jones, though, and, um, and they dropped up Christian Jones, Travis Kelsey, obviously Patrick Mahomes for the future and on and on. It's going to be some uh, concerns there, but back to your question. I mean, let's. Let, I want, I've got a number here, Ben. I want you to tell me if you go over or under for it. Over or under two and a half Super Bowls for Kansas City, or for sorry for Kansas City for Patrick Mahomes in his career. You think he gets back to three? Yeah, I'm gonna take the over. I, I think I think his talent is good enough to, I mean, win to make to just make the playoffs because he's always gonna be surrounded by other talent, and I think his arm strength will also provide it. And then I I just don't see him as the type of guy that's going to make enough mistakes that he's going to lose many Super Bowls based on his game performance. Now, I know that he did not play well in this Super Bowl, but his team wasn't fully healthy. So I don't think it's fair to put all of the blame he on him. So fully healthy. He wasn't, yeah. But he, I mean, he was, well, he was scrambling for his life. But uh, I, I'm yeah. going to go over. That's a good question, but I'm going to go over. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. I'm going to go over. I mean... We all thought it with Rodgers. We all thought it with Wilson. They weren't able to get back. But I just feel like that there's a different feeling here with Mahomes. And, you know, you don't want to have, want to go off based off, oh, I feel this, I feel that. But I just really feel like that with Patrick Mahomes, you know, we're watching one of the greatest players we're ever going to see play the game. I mean, I don't think he can end up passing Brady after what happened. But he can easily be the second best quarterback to play, you know. And he can be the best player of his era. So, Moans has got a lot of time left. I mean, we'll be watching for a long time. I mean, he even said in his interviews before the season started, he's just now learning how to actually read a defense. I mean, he won a Super Bowl without even really knowing how to read a defense on that next level. So it'll be fun to watch how he matures and goes to that next level. Anything else on Kansas City, Tampa Bay, and the Super Bowl before we kind of shift gears a little bit? Now, how about the tight end matchup that we just had? I mean, yeah. you, you mentioned how, how you know Tony G and Antonio Gates might – had better stats than Gronk, just like receiving yards and receptions. Mm -hmm. But Gronk's got was it four Super Bowls now? Gronk has. Yep. And I I don't for some reason I don't think he played in all. Did he play against Atlanta? I yeah he played against Atlanta. I don't know how well he played in that game, but I know for a fact he was active. Okay, I mean Kelsey. I I hit. Two prop bets on him. I had one in the Super Bowl, one in the AFC Championship game. It was the same bet. Mm -hmm. It was over seven and a half receptions. And they just, I mean, listen, he had a drop in this game, uh, but the bet still hit for me. The prop still hit for me. And these two tight ends are just unbelievable. Now, I'm very, very curious to see if Gronk comes back. 
or if he actually calls it a quit this time. I, I'm not sure. Um, he, I don't need to hear an answer from him right now. He's got all offseason. Yep. And uh, I'm sure Brady will be given his recruiting pitch for one more season. If I, I mean, who knows how long Brady's going to play? He originally said he wants to play to 45. That'll be at the end of his contract. He's got one more year on his contract. He certainly doesn't look like he's slowing down that much. Yeah, I think we'll see Gronk again. You know, I feel like the way they used him and how little he was on the field, I think he'll keep playing. I mean, he's only 31 years old. He's going to he'll turn uh, 32 in May. So, you know, I think he'll I think he'll stick around one more. I feel like he'll play with Brady honestly until Brady retires. You know, I feel like they'll just go together just cuz at the end of the day, you know, you can only use Gronk if Gronk only plays, you know, 20% of your snaps and he's on the field in a red zone, your team's automatically better at that point. So, I think he's worth keeping around just for that. And did you know? Did Did you know him and Kelsey are the same age? They're the same age. Yeah, if you if you looked it up right now, wow. and how old Rob Gronkowski is and Kelsey, I'm pretty sure they're the same age. And I don't think a lot of people that watch football would know that. Yeah, they are actually. Travis Kelsey is about four months younger than him. Not much. Travis Kelsey is currently in the prime of his career, while Rob Gronkowski just came off the retired list and won a Super Bowl. <laughs> that's insane honestly you would know, i mean a lot of these tight ends though i feel like tight ends like a position that you have to like learn how to play you know what i mean you have to figure out like where the soft spots are in, in like zones and stuff you can stand in to make yourself you know big target and ready so i feel like that's kind of what kelsey had to do also too i mean kelsey was good with alex smith but i feel like mahomes is just taking him to the next level but kelsey's got a lot yeah. of time left he hasn't had any big injuries like gronk did also you know he's not the blocker like gronk was gronk used to get down and dirty in the trenches of the block like still does yeah exactly he still does stuff like that kelsey more so is the lineup out wide is just another wide receiver um I think they kind of honestly, I kind of hate the way they do it with NFL honors, just because I feel like it gets overshadowed the night before the Super Bowl, you know, with the Super Bowl and everything. But we had the NFL honors. Ben and I came on here and predicted the awards. We did pretty good for the most part on them. Um, let's let's kind of go down the list here with them, Ben. Uh, Pepsi Rookie of the Year was um, Justin Herbert. Do you uh, have any beef with that one? Do you like that one? Nope. As soon as Joe Burrow got hurt, it, it was basically a lock. I mean, Tua wasn't even starting yet. Um, I don't think Tua necessarily played enough games to even pass Herbert and uh, Clyde Edwards-Alera. He just didn't do enough. I thought Justin Jefferson could have been an interesting option. I'm not sure if he finished second. I'm not really sure he where did. he finished. He finished second. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's deserving for him to finish second. It's a lot of these awards are quarterback heavy, so Herbert's very deserving. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you on that one. Um. What defensive player of the year? This is the one Ben and I went head to head with. I, I stood firm on Aaron Donald. He went firm with TJ with uh, TJ Watt. Ben, I know you disagree with this one. Give me a l- quick little pitch on why you think Watt should have had it. Well, he led the league in sacks, tackles, and tackles for loss. So, and quarterback hits. I think he. I think the only thing Aaron Donald led in was forced fumbles or something like that. Or pressures. Aaron Donald in pressures. Okay, so Aaron Donald led in two of the categories. TJ Watt led in the rest. I'm not saying Aaron Donald doesn't deserve it because he's the greatest non-quarterback in the league. I mean, it's not—it's probably not even close. He's—you look at his resume; it's—it's—it's it's, it's already a Hall of Fame resume, most likely. Um, I, I just—I I don't think you should just hand Aaron Donald the award just because he—he he is who he is. Though I thought T.J. Watt had a career year, and he did—he showed something that he had not shown. He elevated his game. Aaron Donald just continued to play at the high level. 
So I thought, I'm not saying Aaron Donald doesn't deserve it, but I thought a co-winner would have been more appropriate than just handing it to Aaron Donald. So, uh, listen, T.J. Watt, he's going to use it as motivation, but um, I think he got a little bit robbed. Yeah, you know, I thought Watt was probably the next deserving player is Donald. I just feel like Donald's the centerpiece of that Rams defense. It's arguably the best unit in the league. I feel like you got to give it to him for that reason. But, I mean, the level that he plays at and everything, his stats are always going to be able to show a little bit less because he's getting triple team, the highest percentage of any player in NFL history. So, that's the main reason why I would go with him. Um, defensive player of the year. I mean, I don't th- or defensive rookie of the year. I don't think we really need to say much on that one. Me and Ben both said it was going to be Chase Young, so we tried to make a case or just kind of, you know, hype up some other rookies who had a good defensive season. But Chase Young was the easy one there. Um, AP Offensive Player of the Year, um, Derrick Henry. I mean, I thought absolutely he's got to be Derrick Henry. I mean, he's pretty much the only running back at this point in the NFL where an entire offense is built around him. And the fact that it's one of the best offenses in the league. I mean, Ben, I know that's your boy. That's your your Alabama running back and the team in your backyard. What do you got to say about it? Well, very, very deserving for King Henry. He ran over 2,000 yards, set a couple records in the NFL. I think this one was pretty easy for the NFL to, to uh, decide. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Um, the last two that we'll talk about here real quick, um, Coach of the Year, Kevin Stefanski for the Browns. I thought Stefanski deserved it. He was my pick to win the award. I thought there was a lot of other guys who did well, but at the end of the day, the Cleveland Browns felt like the cursed franchise. They could never find a franchise quarterback. They could never make the playoffs. They couldn't even really get a winning season. It just felt like year after year after year, they were just a team with no destination. Kevin Stefanski took all these pieces together and made something of what they had. He even made Baker Mayfield end of probably, I mean, he'll probably get that fifth-year option picked up now and maybe even get a new contract. I mean, Stefanski gave this team a purpose. He gave them offense. I mean, he made them into a run-dominant team and kind of used their strengths at offensive line and at running back to the best of his abilities. Um, he really used, I mean, Baker had thrown for his highest percentage out of that. Um, I think it's like the 21 personnel where you have two tight ends on the field. I believe that's what it's called. And he ran that a lot. So I really feel like, you know, Stefanski took, got the best he could out of this Cleveland team. And I mean, shoot, they almost, they maybe could have beaten the team that ended up winning the Super, that ended up representing the AFC in the Super Bowl in the playoffs. That's how well he did with this team. Did, does the website you're looking at show the voter breakdown? I'm just no, kind of curious. Okay, I was just I, I made a case for when we were making our predictions. I, I made a case for uh, Sean McDermott, um, the Buffalo Bills coach. So I, I have no problem with Stavansky winning it. He, I just thought both teams broke curses. I thought one team was better, which was the Bills. Uh, so I thought the Bills coach would have won it, but I have no problem with Stavansky. I mean, he honestly probably already deserves a statue just for making the playoffs. Yeah, obviously MVP we agreed on was unanimous with Aaron Rodgers, so not really much to say about that one. Um, I'm trying to look on here and see if I can find it, the vote breakdown. Um, while I look for that, he's though, engaged. That's something to look. That's something to talk about. Aaron Rodgers yeah. in his MVP and uh, speech announced that he's engaged. So, Mazel Tov, congrats, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, congrats, Aaron. Hope that goes well for him. Um, last one, Alex Smith winning comeback player of the year. I mean. Gotta take your hat off to Alex Smith, man. He didn't. The thing, I, the reason I like Alex Smith so much getting this award is not because it was just handed to him because he's able to play football again after. I mean, he had one of the grossest injuries I've ever seen, but because he actually made his team better and took them to the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, he didn't just get this award just because. Oh wow, Alex Smith played football again. He absolutely deserved it with his play on the field, the way he led this team, and you know what he did with this team. He was thrown into a horrible situation. I believe the team was like. 
had one or two wins. I think they had one win on the season. He turned this thing around and got them into the playoffs. So, you know, shout out Alex Smith. And we got to see the impact he really has when he went down um, with calf like soreness or he yeah. had a calf injury again and he wasn't able to play the final couple weeks. And Washington was fighting for, you know, that playoff spot. And they were going with Kyle Allen. Um, he ended up playing for a little bit. Then he had that gross injury. And they had to go to Dwayne Haskins. And, you know, where is Dwayne Haskins now? He got cut. So the, the Washington football team had no confidence in any other quarterback, not named Alex Smith, to win them a football game. And they couldn't win many football games without Alex Smith. So tremendous honor for him, uh, tremendous honor for him and his family. And, um, you know, I, you know, he's just a tremendous story. I, I have a feeling Alex Smith getting the call, I'm sure he was very emotional. Um I hope he shared that moment, maybe gave a call to the doctors that helped him out, save his life, save his leg, um, because that's just an unbelievable moment for everyone involved, uh, for him and his family and for, and for all the doctors. Yeah, I didn't listen to his acceptance speech, but I heard it was great, so you know, I'm sure he shouted them out. Alex Smith's a real humble guy, so you know, I'm sure he gave them a shout-out for helping save his career. Um, now, we got to take a shift here, guys, away from football, trust me. Well, there will be plenty of time for us to talk about football, NFL free agency, and draft, and everything is all coming up. So, you know, me and Ben will have you all covered with all that stuff. Um, appreciate everyone who rode along with us on the season. We ended up having a profitable NFL season with the picks and everything, college football as well. So, it was fun. I'm glad that we were able to give all you all that. Unfortunately, we won't probably won't have any real betting breakdown podcasts again until March Madness because we'll actually have some time in between the games where we have projected lines usually me and den both have to work so usually the lines come out you know the day before the the morning of the all the games and stuff for football or for basketball for nba and stuff so you can't really project anything out like that but for march madness we'll get trust me we'll have that again for y'all um anyway though this news came out on friday and you know i've texted ben i said said it's not going to be fun again season for MLB. I mean, luckily the Braves ended up making the move we wanted to, which we'll get to in a second. But Trevor Bauer agrees to a three-year, $102 million contract with the Los Angeles Dodgers, making him the highest-paid player in MLB history. You just look at by season. He's making the most money of any player of all time. Um, ben, first off, what do you think this means for baseball, and what do you think it means for Bauer? Well, for baseball, it just means that the, the team that was already the favorite to win the World Series again is, is an even bigger favorite. Um, it, it's a, it's a, an example of you know, a big market team being able to spend the money to get a big-time player. And for the people that may not follow baseball as much, baseball is a little bit different compared to other sports. There is no salary cap, and there is no salary floor. So what does that mean? A team's payroll can go as low as they want, and it can go as high as they want. If it goes above what they consider to be um, the salary number that each team gets, mm -hmm. depending on it, it, there's a lot of factors involved, but it's basically divided into like if if you're a big market, you know, TV deals, big cities, stuff like that, you can spend more. But it's also you can spend as much money as your owner or ownership group because not every team is owned by a specific person, you can spend as much as they're willing to pay over the cap. So the Dodgers owner, they, they don't seem to care. They, they will pay as much money as it takes for them to win a World Series. They've shown that again by adding Trevor Bauer as a pitcher, coming off of Cy Young. So what does it mean for Bauer? Well, 
His contract, like you said, is technically for three years, but but there it, it's a little it's a little trickier than that. He's getting forty million for the twenty twenty one season, and he can opt out if he wants to. After the twenty twenty one season, he will still get the forty mil forty mil guaranteed. He if he wants to keep going with the L A Dodgers, he will then get forty five million for the twenty twenty two season, which is year two of his contract. He can opt out after that year if he wants to. If he decides to stay all three, then he will get. Would you, did you say it was one hundred two million? What was the deal? Yeah, one hundred two million. So if he stays all three years, he gets one hundred two million dollars guaranteed. If he doesn't, if he opts out after one year, he just gets the forty. If he opts after two year, he gets um, the forty for the first year and the forty five from the second year. So that's how his contract breaks down. That's big money for a pitcher, but he just won the Cy Young. His numbers have gotten better each and every season. He has made mechanical adjustments. He has made a lot of um, adjustments to his pitching style. And so far, it's been a, he's benefited from it. He's getting paid a lot of money, and he just won the Cy Young, which is the best pitcher in your respective league. So congrats to Trevor Bauer. I hate you, the L.A. Dodgers. Yeah, you know, I'm in agreement with Ben. I mean, I hate the Dodgers went out and made this move. I hate Trevor Bauer for making it, but, I mean, you really can't blame Bauer. Bauer, you know, was stuck in Cleveland, obviously lost that World Series. He had a couple playoff runs in Cleveland and came up short ultimately because they didn't have the bats or the money to go out and spend. I don't know where the hell the Dodgers keep finding this money. I guess they have a money tree somewhere. Someone in the organization's got one. I need to get access to that, but... They were able to break off enough to bring Bauer in. I mean, now you got to deal with Bueller. you got to deal with Kershaw. Now you got to deal with Bauer in there as well. I mean, it makes him look even smarter for letting Ryu walk last year. Um, and, and he's a – Trevor Bauer's an L.A. kid. Um, he, he also went to UCLA. So, I mean, he, who he's – Who was he teammates with again? Who was the other pitcher? Garrett Cole. Yep. Um, so, I mean, he, he's, he, he's going home. And I'm never going to blame someone um, for going home and taking that much money. And how do you turn down $40 million in a year? Um, I just hope it doesn't work out for the LA Dodgers. I'm never going (laughs) to wish an injury. I'm never going to wish an injury on a player. I would never do that. But I certainly hope they don't win the World Series. Yeah, hey, let's hope that our Braves bats can wake up. yeah, so, you know, I think the move the Braves ended up making based off this was they re-signed Marcelo Zuna a couple hours after. It was kind of funny. Marcelo Zuna was on a talk show, like, a couple days before that, and they said, he, they said, what's going on with the Braves? He said, pretty quiet over there. I think the second that this ended up happening, the Braves ended up calling, and, you know, to be honest with you, I'm very satisfied with the contract we gave Marcelo Zuna. Four years, $65 million. You know, hopefully that, um, hopefully next season in 2022, we will have the DH in the National League. But, I mean, still, you know, $16 million a year for Ozuna is a lot better than I was expecting. I was expecting him to want 20 to $25 million. So we got out lucky with that. But, yeah, you know, Ozuna ends up getting the big payday. And I think this was a result of it. The Braves knew they needed to do something to um, make a play to be better than them. I like the fact that we didn't trade for Nolan Arenado, who was pretty much robbery for the Car- by the Cardinals getting in. But he can't opt out of his deal. But, you know, Ben, not only does it make the Braves' batting order great again and make us easily the second-best team in the NL again, but I think we might even be ready to make another play, maybe move some prospects. I've been hearing us tied a little to Jose Ramirez. Obviously, when it usually doesn't happen this quick, typically means, you know, that the um, that they're, that it's already off the table. But, 
I mean, Ben, what do you think it means for the Braves, and what else do you think that we should go out and do in order to try to keep up with the Dodgers? Well, there's a lot of teams that got better in the National League. Um, the, the Padres got a lot better, Yep. which they're in the Dodgers division, so we'll see kind of how they stack up against the Dodgers throughout the season. Um, the Mets got better. The Cardinals got a lot better, and the Braves brought back their lineup from last year that worked so well, and you know, this is a very, 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 very team-friendly deal for a player like Marcelo Zuna. He's basically, I think he's getting $12 million for the first year, and then it goes up to like sixteen. It's, I mean, it's what Alex Anthopoulos, who's the Braves' GM, has been able to do for Acuna's contract, um, Ozzy's contract, and then Azuna. It's very, very team-friendly, all three of them. Uh, you know, in terms of what's – well, before I get into what I think they should do next is um, I looked at – fan graphs projection and this is the left field rankings and this is with with or excuse me without marcelo zuna the braves were ranked 21st in baseball and with us with marcelo zuna their left field ranking is second in baseball so that just tells you how important that signing is to the projection of this team and their win total is going to go way up compared to if it was without marcelo zuna what do the Braves need to do next is, well, they don't have um, a closer that they're necessarily locked in for right now. Uh, Mark Melanson's been there for the past two years, I want to say. Mm-hmm. He is currently a free agent. Um, he's he's an older guy, so he would not be an expensive contract. My guess is the Braves are looking into bringing him back, but they kind of need a closer. I don't know what Shane Green's situation is going to be. They brought, they traded for him. He was an all-star closer for the Tigers. Struggled in the role for the Braves to be a closer, but he was tremendous in a setup role. So I don't know if the Braves want to make him a closer um, or not. It, you know, I think the Braves have a really, really good lineup. And I saw someone tweet like, "What are the Braves fans making such a big deal with getting Azuna back?" Is because he he brings the same production he did last year, and it wasn't good enough last year. Well, I hard disagree with that. Because if you look at his numbers, which one was in a shorter season, he how did he not do – he did his job. He did more than his job. So I think as the younger guys like Dansby and Austin Riley and uh, you know even Ozzy and Acuna, like these guys – you can always do more as a player. There is no such thing as a ceiling. Like you can always hit one more home run. You can always hit for a better average. You can always get on baseball. You can always strike out less. There's always something you can do. So with bringing Marcel back, if he can do what he did last year, maybe even a little less, if Freeman Freeman's um, – no one's ever worried about Freeman. Um, if you can have guys like Dansby Swanson, if he can stay healthy, his production when healthy has gotten better and better. His problem is he can't stay healthy, right? Can Austin Riley hit above 250? I mean, can he make contact with a baseball consistently enough? He's going, he played great defense last year. Braves fans are very thankful for the amount of runs that he saved last year. But if you're as big of a guy as he is, he should not be hitting seventh in your lineup. He's a guy that should be hitting fourth, fifth, or even sixth at the lowest. Like He is your power bat. He can't hit the ball as of right now. He hits a couple moon shots here and there, but average-wise, strikeout-wise, it's way too much. So... I'm looking for the young guys to step up. I think Anthopoulos did a tremendous job with getting the pitching staff better. Yep. Brought in Charlie Morton, um, who is an older guy but has been tremendous. And he brought in Drew Smiley, who is an older veteran 
who's an older veteran, and I don't know what we're going to get out of – I don't know what the Braves are going to get out of him, but it's probably better than tossing in some rookie – like Tukey – not even a rookie, but young guy like Tukey Tucson who hasn't shown any promise. So I think, the, I think Alex Anthopoulos, the GM, I think at this point he has done everything a GM is supposed to do to put a team in win-now position. And at this point, if the Braves don't go back to the NLCS, I don't care if they win their division or not. I would prefer them to because it's always nice that bragging rights. But their division, there is no such thing as an easy game at this point. Every single team in the NL East is a good baseball team. And if you want to tell me the Marlins aren't, I will point to you what they did last year because they were very, very good last year for a team that was not supposed to be very competitive. So the Braves, I tweeted this, and I meant every word. They better get prepared for war. Because their division is probably the toughest in baseball, and the Dodgers and Padres are also in the National League trying to keep the Braves out of the World Series. So they better prepare for war. Yeah, I think you said it well right there, Ben. Braves better prepare for war. That division's going to be crazy. I mean, Marlins, Phillies, I mean, all of these teams in this division. Mets, and, and yeah. yep. Yeah, the I mean, the Phillies got some prospects they're bringing up. I mean, shoot, it's, it's going to be a tough division. It's going to be interesting to watch how everything plays out. Um, we'll do MLB preview once we're almost done with spring training. We'll wait more towards the end once these teams are starting to finalize lineups and everything. Be interesting to see kind of which of our, these highly touted prospects from a lot of these organizations will start out the season with the team and which ones won't and whatnot. Um, ben, anything else you want to say before we get up out of here? Just that I'm just so looking forward to baseball season. I, I'm sure I've said this before during when we did our postseason last year towards the end of the year um, in 2020, but I mean – Baseball is my favorite sport. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it I it's something I grew up with. My family, my my family is very very passionate um, in baseball. I, I'm you know just I'm a huge Braves fan, but I'm a big Braves uh, excuse me baseball fan in general. My knowledge is is very much expanded outside of just Braves. I'm so looking forward to bringing baseball in depth to this podcast. And listen, I'm very excited for the Braves to have a season. Um, you know, something that I do with my grandmother, who's a massive Braves fan every single year, is I ask her, Hey, give me a projection of wins that you think they're going to get in in a season. She was five wins off last year. So I'm going to ask her at the end of spring training. I will let everyone know on the podcast what my grandmother thinks the Braves will do. And we'll keep track of it all year long. Um, I'm very excited for baseball season. It puts a huge smile on my face. Yeah, and y'all can't see, but Ben's got a big smile on his face. Like Ben, I'm a big Braves fan as well, a big baseball guy as well. Obviously, y'all know basketball is my favorite sport, which is in full swing. Let's try to get some basketball podcasts out to y'all here soon as well. Um, just kind of, you know, starting to let stories heat up and stuff, but I think it's about time that we start to hit on some of that. Ben, I appreciate you coming on once again. Help me out. It's a pleasure doing football season with you. I'm sad it's over. Dude, so much fun. Appreciate you having me on all the time. And, you know, I hope our listeners had a good football season. For the ones that gamble, I hope you were profitable like Thomas and I. And uh, can't wait for the next one with you. Hey, I can't wait as well. Um, this we don't, I don't know if it will be another podcast or not this week, but if not, we'll see you all then. Peace.